roses too I see them blue For me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world I see skies of blue And clouds of white The bright blessed day The dark sacred night And I think to myself What a wonderful world I think to myself What a wonderful world Dear friends, I invite you to pray with me. Let's ask God to bless the preaching of his word. Heavenly Father, I'm thankful for all who are gathered here today at Amazing Love. And I ask that you would work your greatest works at this place because here you are with us and here we get to hear you speak. Today I pray that you would speak with specificity to all so they would know exactly what to do with the word they hear today. They would know exactly how it hits and exactly how to follow through what you're commanding us to do. And Lord, I pray for peace and joy. I pray for the the fruits of the Spirit that, that characterize a child of God, knowing that we are forgiven, that we stand in grace. Lord, be with us and bless us and let us just celebrate a victory today. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear friends, I want to know, who are my moviegoers, fellow movie buffs? All right, that's me, that's me. That is my big escape, and so you see a lot of movies. And, and it's a good time to be a movie person. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking to Christmas, you got, uh, what, The Hobbit coming out. Uh, you got The Hunger Games sequel. And, uh, and for me, I, I love the Marvel comic book movies. Anyone love uh, comic book movies? Thank you, thank you. Um, recently went to see one. I, again, try to have an out, and I saw uh, this movie. got a picture of it here. Uh, saw Thor. Anyone see Thor yet? No, okay, well, I won't spoil it for you, I won't spoil it for you, um, but, but there is a love interest in Thor, and, and Thor is on the right, and there is his love interest, and, and this is the sequel, and, and there's this moment in the scene where, where they meet again, and, and the love interest, the, the girl there had been waiting for two years, wondering where Thor had gone. And she's wondering, will he ever return? Where is he? What's he doing? And so it's so funny, when they meet up again, Thor gives his excuse and he said something like, well, I had to save Earth, for one, you know. And then my uh, big teleportation world transfer thingy was broke for a while, um, so that hindered me. And, and the funny reaction was, well, I guess his excuses go, that's a pretty good one. And so he was kind of off the hook. And so, so. But she was waiting, wondering, is it ever going to happen? Will he return, the guy, the man of my dreams? And he's muscular and good looking and wow, and, but he came, so that's great. But he had an excuse. All this to talk about waiting <laughs> And waiting is, is really not fun, is it? I, I mean, unless it's waiting for, like, responsibility. Like, I understand wanting to, like, Peter Pan and never grow up, you know? So, like, I can understand trying to delay, you know, the dishes and laundry and that. Yeah, I, I get it, right? But let's say we're waiting for things that we really, really want. I consider Black Friday. Anyone see the Black Friday scans yet? Come on, you're going online, you're seeing those scans, blackfriday.com. All right, come on, you're planning it. And and so you're waiting and you're game planning. I can't just wait until that sale, that super sale is in my hands. Yes, 
iPad 2 for 300 finally, yes, no. Um, all these things, we're just waiting. It can never come fast enough. Or maybe there are some who, you know, have romantic inclinations, and it, can, and it cannot come soon enough until I finally meet that person who will be my soulmate, who will be my teammate in this life, and I can't wait to be married, or I can't wait to graduate and move on, or I can't wait for the next season of life, whether it be retirement or, or the next thing. Man, I, I just can't wait to, to get but there is a problem therein with waiting. And one of the problems is we can get sidetracked, right? Um, I was uh, trained to be a pastor. took eight years after high school. That's a long, long time. And I saw people get sidetracked. And so some people, are, I'm just going to take a year off in China. And uh, they, they never got back to the path that they were on. You know, or I'm going to try construction. Never got back to the path that they were on. And, and so you can get sidetracked while you wait. But maybe more, um, I guess, sad is that you can really just lose hope. And lose heart. You can wonder and wait and say, well, you know, may maybe that day is just never coming. You know, maybe I should just move on completely from whatever that dream was because I've been waiting good and long enough and it's, it's not here. Do you know here at Amazing Love we're waiting? We are, dear friends. And we're not waiting for everything. In fact, Jesus has fulfilled so much of, of what we were waiting for uh, we know the prophecies about a, a virgin birth and the Son of God born in Bethlehem, and we saw that. And we know his sacrifice on the cross, which is payment for all of our sins, and, and we know that completion, right? And yet Jesus has told us, as I ascended into heaven to prepare a place for you, so I'm going to descend in the same way that I went up, so that you might be where I am. And we're waiting for that. And I believe we, we struggle at times maybe getting off track and losing focus. I believe that we could even lose heart. Saying, well, is that really coming? Can I, can I truly trust this promise of God? Can I go back to Thor? I know it's silly. You remember his excuse? He had a good excuse. My world transport thing is broken and I was saving Earth. I think if we realize why God is waiting, we'll be a little more patient at heart. And that's what we get determined while, because we are waiting, dear friends, for him to return. But when we see why he's waiting, this is our goal for today. To know why he's waiting and how that will shape us while we wait. So let's get into it. Uh, the, the lesson we get to consider is written by one of Jesus' best friends. Uh, Jesus had an inner circle while he walked on earth. He had 12 disciples, and within that 12, he had a group of three, Peter, James, and John. And, and this is written by Peter, who was one of the closest followers and the leader of the church, uh, about what God is waiting to do. So, so I encourage you to follow along, 2 Peter chapter 3. It says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed by the fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about destruction of heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. 
Bear in mind that the Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave. Did you find why God is waiting? That's what we get to discuss today. And may God bless our study of his word as he speaks to our hearts. Let's continue. If it's okay, I wanted to share you a bit of my college experience. Um, I went to college in New Ulm, Minnesota, small German town. That's the chapel that they recently built. It's where our whole church body trains its pastors and teachers. And uh, this is a tangent, but if you're uh, wanting to be a pastor or teacher, that's a great thing. It's, it's great to serve the Lord full time. Uh, take, it, take my word for it. Um, and um, I will never forget one experience I had there. It was my sophomore year of college. And language was a big thing, and we were having finals. Um, finals are coming up, you know, here too. And um, I remember it was a Friday, and I, I heard the phone ring at 10 a.m. while I was still sleeping, uh, sleeping until 10 a.m. I wish I could still do that, right? Phone rings, and uh, one of my worst nightmares comes to fruition. My roommate picks it up, and it's actually our Greek professor wondering if we will uh, grace us with, you know, with, his, with our presence because I have not come to the final of that morning. I was 15 minutes late already, still sleeping. And so this is maybe the good thing of going to a small college. My Greek professor actually gave me and encouraged me, gave me an out and, and helped me. You know, he didn't just carry on without me. He gave me a chance to get there, and, and I did get there, and I actually passed the test. And, and yet if he didn't, I, I might not be here today. I might have flunked out of MLC, you know. I might not, you know, have finished on time to be with you this morning. But because of that one professor who was waiting and, and wanting me to go to that final, hey, I'm here, for better or for worse. <laughs> and, and, uh, and that was so great for him to wait for me. We're talking about why God is waiting today. And look again at verse 9. What is the intent behind why he waits? It says, The Lord's not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient. He's waiting. And what is this? Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's a good God, isn't it? In fact, I want some participation. Could you turn to a neighbor and say, he's a good God? Can you do that? Turn to a neighbor, he's a good God. He's a good God. And why? We look here and it says, he wants not anyone to perish. Can you say anyone? Thank you. That means anyone. That means the people in your family. That means the people in Frankfurt. That means the people in the Lincoln Way community. That means the people in America. That means people all across the area. Anyone, no matter who you are, when you live, if you will live, if you did live, if you are living, he doesn't want anyone to perish. That's important. That's important. We see his sincerity here, don't we? We see the heart of God. That even if there is a hell that exists, he wants no one to experience that. And it goes on because why? He wants everyone to come to repentance. Can you say everyone? And if you go back to the Greek, uh, here the literal translation of everyone is everyone. <laughs> he wants not one person to miss what he's prepared, that wonderful world, that new heavens and new earth. And in fact, the cross speaks of this. When he shed his blood, that was a payment for every single sin of everyone who ever lived. I don't care how you think about him, what your relationship is with him, from the worst to the best in your mind, it's everyone. That's a good God. It's a good God. We see his heart, right? Here's my thing, though. I think we are confused when it comes to the nature of God. I think we struggle with the nature of God. 
Can I show you an example of why we struggle with the nature of God? You hear about this? Typhoon hits the Philippines. Let me start by saying I don't have all the answers. Don't have all the answers. But this makes a lot of people struggle concerning the nature of God, doesn't it? It brings up a lot of questions. Some people, you know, say, well, either God isn't that powerful, which isn't true, or God isn't that loving, which isn't true. We try to rationalize and we don't come to a good answer. I think when it comes to the end times, we have the same struggle when it comes to the idea of a hell. If there is a hell, maybe God just isn't that loving. Can I clarify? Again, I don't know it all, but I think there's something that will help us clarify when it comes to the nature of God. And that is this. That there is a difference. There is a difference between what God permits or allows and what God causes. Did you get it? I'll explain it more. But know that this, that there is a difference between what God permits or allows and what God causes. And we see this back at the beginning of time. In the beginning, there was a fallen angel that we know now is the devil. Now, God, in his power, could have programmed the devil to be a robot. He could have flipped the switch and now you know, all the angels just sing, holy, holy, and that's all they can do. And, and we're all, you know, and, and that's, you know, he didn't have to fall. But God gave him volition. And in their volition, he chose, it wasn't God's plan, he chose to reject God's path and to go a different way, and so he fell. We see that in the garden. When God created mankind, was mankind just the flip of the switch and I'll just do and yes and holy and I'm good? And No, he gave them volition. And what did they do? They chose to eat from a tree that they said they shouldn't eat from. And this opened up a Pandora's box of evil that God never intended. Do you know it was never God's plan for anyone to taste death? You need to know that about the character of God. It was never his plan for you to experience the sorrow of saying goodbye to someone that you love and that is painful. It was never God's plan for you to have dysfunctional relationships. When he brought man and woman together, it was good. But because we weren't this, we chose to mess it up. We chose to mess it up, and we continue the choice, don't we? In fact, one of the big striking things about the parable of the kingdom of heaven, remember that parable, that first lesson? God is, is sincere about his invitation, isn't he? Come to my feast. Would you come? Like, I got the fattened calf. It's better than filet Milan. You know, it's, it's better than Smith and Walensky, and, and it's going to be great, and angels are singing. I mean, I know you got Chris Tomlin, but angels, come on. And, and, and this, is, this is good. Come on. Would you come to this feast? It's going to be really good. It's, it's a party, and I know how to party because I, I know what's good, and I give you good. And so, so just trust me. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? But what are people doing? Because we're not robots. We choose. And here's something you need to know. God will permit you to choose a different path. He will. He will not force anyone's hand. He will permit that to go. But now let me focus on what he causes. Okay? Now let's switch to causality. What he can cause is good. He can take a typhoon. He can take the worst circumstances you can imagine. And he can cause good out of it. That's what his power is about. He can do that in your life and my life. In fact, I could even tell you stories, and you could probably tell me stories of times when it was miserable, but I look back and God did amazing through miserable. 
Because he's God and he can do it. He caused that. That's my God. That's the character. That's the nature of God. And what does God cause? He causes salvation. He causes a new path to be opened through the cross. And he says, I want everyone to take that new path. I want everyone to know what Jesus has done. I want everyone to know the party that, I, that is in store that I'm preparing. Not anyone to perish, but everyone. Everyone. And so he'll wait. He'll wait till your grandchildren know him. If he so chooses. He'll wait so that your coworkers can know him. He'll wait so we can reach out to the Frankfurt community and they can know him. He'll wait so that invitation can be sent across the world. In fact, one promise of God is that the gospel will be shared to the ends of the earth and then the end will come. That's his promise. He'll wait because he's a good God. Question though, how is the church of God doing while we're, while we're waiting? How on point are we? How on mission are we? How focused are we? Do you ever lose sight? Jesus told a parable about this too. <clears throat> he said the ten people were waiting for the party. Ten people who were waiting for the party and they had uh, oil lamps. And it came to a point where they were waiting for the groom to uh, get them to the party and open it up. And uh, I'm going to update and modernize. They were waiting with their smartphones. And, um, and while they were waiting with their smartphones, they turned on their flashlight app. And so I'm going to turn on my flashlight app. And, uh, oh, yeah. And so now I can see and I'm waiting for the groom to take me to the party, right? But a strange thing happened to five of those who were waiting. They ran out of battery for their smartphone. Can you believe it? They didn't charge enough. And so they go to the other five because the other five charged. They knew they didn't know when he was coming, so they just planned on being ready. They charged their phones and say, please, can you share your battery with me? And they're like, come on, doofus, don't you know anything about a smartphone? I can't share my battery with you, dude. Go charge it yourself. And so they have to go because their flashlight is done, and they go back home, and, and they go charge their light. Well, while they're charging, the five who are still waiting with their flashlights, they go to the party, and the groom comes, and they're in heaven. Well, the other five, they come back, and my phone's charged, I got it, I got it, and they knock on the door of the party. And they say, hey, I'm finally here, got my phone, got good, and, you know, and the response is, you can't come in. It's shut. Because you had one shot. You had one shot to get it right. You had one shot to be ready. One shot to keep focus. Dear friends, does it have to be for any of those five or any of those five that it represents? I'm here to tell you it doesn't. And I'm here to tell you we have forgiveness for all the times we've lost focus. But I'm going to tell you it is so important to stay focused. Because we have a God who is the best party host of all. He is the most inclusive guy of all. Jesus stands and he says, this invitation for you to come is for you and for all because I paid the price. I gave my life for you once for all so that all who come can enter in. Would you share this with others? Would you know the peace that you have? Would you stay focused on the path that you are on? This is our great God. 
And it shapes what we do right now, dear friends. It shapes what we do day to day. And, and I believe that one way of looking at it is this, that we are now waiting on purpose. We are now waiting with a purpose. And to help explain that purpose, I wanted to share a video with you. This is a video that almost reminds me of a Rocky movie. It pumped me up. But this is, I think, a great purpose for what we can do while we're waiting on purpose. Here we go. It's our time. We must rise up and no longer disparage. It's our time, church, to honor our heritage. We have a savior. He gave it all on the cross. We stand beside martyrs who counted nothing as loss. They took God's mysteries, opened them up for us. Stephen, John the Baptist, Bonhoeffer, Jan Hus. Surrounded by a cloud of witnesses above, it's now our turn to model his unending love. Our mission is one we cannot confuse, nor muddy up with some trite excuse. You say you're not well-versed, ready, or able. I think Moses even tried to use that fable. The time we have, it's now more urgent. If we should hear, well done, faithful servant. Yeah, church, it's our time. It's our time to confess the ways we're mangled, the sins and selfishness that have us entangled. Lust, greed, and pride, their path leads to the grave. Yet we return to our sins as if we're a slave. Can we survive in this putrid dead sea? I quote Paul, may it never be. So let's cast aside our individual leprosy and begin to leave a biblical legacy. There's a glorious prize awaiting to be won, and the way to win is to start to run. Let's lace them up and fight the good fight, become to the world both salt and light. Our life on earth is merely a vapor. Our chapter must move from pen to paper. So church, let's get to writing because it's our time. It's our time, church. We have what it takes to help the world from its slumber awake. To Jesus, we are his beautiful bride. Whom shall we fear with him on our side? We have each other. We are not alone. It's iron to iron in the combat zone. There's a promise of life full of adventure. As long as we give both talents and treasure, the workers are few, the harvest is plenty. With so many running on empty scores of people trying to cope they've come to the end of their proverbial rope young eyes are wandering looking for direction make sure we point them to his resurrection the clock's ticking we're on our dime hey church rise up it's our time yes sir now is the time and I believe what we have as far as our mission to reach the lost is too important to lose. The work we have to do is too important to forget about and, and, and the, the, the time is now because God is waiting so that everyone might know Him. That's the only reason He hasn't returned. Because He has someone in mind who hasn't heard the great news and so we can rise up. And I think there is no better time than now. And let's talk with specifics. Christmas is coming. 
And Christmas is a time, I believe, where people feel the most spiritual than any other time in the year, even more than Easter. And yet where there is the sense of spirituality, there is not always clarity around what they feel spiritual about. But we hold out the hope of the world. We hold out the true message of love. We hold out hope for all who would come. And so we have opportunities, if you call yourself a member at Amazing Love, to make this place the best it can possibly be. To get involved, we'll have a Christmas for Kids celebration coming up. We'll have Koine coming December 1st to invite people to. We'll have a Christmas Eve service filled with the gospel and filled with opportunities. We together can make this place the best it can be for whose glory? For mine? For yours? Not at all. So that people could know Jesus, the true glory and hope of the world. And that's what it's about. And here is something if you're new. If you're new to Amazing Love, maybe now is the time to reconnect again, to re-engage in the faith to be baptized if you have not received it, to engage in starting point and learn about the Savior. You're invited to get in a men's or a women's group to fire your flame of faith, to go with it. Let's not lose focus. Let's learn what we've considered today and go together making the most of our time. That's what Peter says to do. Look at verse 11, what he calls us to do. Verse 11 He says, since then everything will be destroyed in this way. What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. Why? So you can save yourself? Of course not. But what do holy and godly lives help us do? Help us reach people, don't they? To talk about this, I remember uh, growing up, I used to play at the YMCA basketball, and I lived in a time where uh, ankle weights were in vogue. Anyone ever wear ankle weights? I guess they're like bad for your knees right? And so if I have knee problems, that's my ankle weights. And um, I'll never forget, you know, you play an hour with ankle weights and then you take those ankle weights off, right? And you feel like a gazelle, you know? And you're running and you're leaping and I was like dunking over people. I'm just kidding, I didn't dunk over people. But I felt good, right? And, and there are all types of different restraints. I go to the gym and there's like a harness and I always feel bad because some people are being like held back and they're trying to like bound but they're held back with a harness like, you know, to strengthen them, you know, restraint and, and go from there. And, and what Peter is saying is this, take off the ankle weights, would you? You're not training anymore. Would you get the harness off your back? God wants to use you in great ways. And you're not going to save yourself by being holy, but guess what? Your confession of Christ will be powerful because people will not be hindered that your walk doesn't match your talk. People will know the love of Christ as they see it through you. Let's not waste those opportunities. Let's leap and bound like gazelles, unhindered. And this is even what the writer of the Hebrews told us to do. He said this, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance that race. I don't have enough time to dabble with sinfulness, to be honest. It's not because I'm holier. I don't have time because this mission is too important for anyone to not consider Christ because of my personal confession. I want to strive with the strength of the Spirit so that people know love and they see it through me. May this be your prayer because He is that good. And because finally... When he does come, and he will, he will return like a mom or a dad from a business trip. He will return hugging his children in his arms with pockets full of goodies. And all we have to do about the end is wait with joyful anticipation. The one who's coming back is good and he loves you. 
And he's got good things, not just for us, but for all who would look to him. Let's do the best with our time. I want you to pray with me so that we ask God to bless us in this endeavor. Let's close with a prayer. Lord of all, we thank you for the goodness and the love that you have for all of us. We ask you to continue to put your hand of mercy upon those in difficult circumstances here and also in the Philippines. Bless the recovery efforts of those parts. We thank you that you have made it possible for everyone to have eternal life, extending an invitation to all. Would you use us to hold out your offer of love? Bless the efforts of this church this Christmas season so that there would be a spiritual revival centered on you in this community. Use us to be a part of your great work. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Please stand.